Welcome to the Scrunch Creator Economy Show. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, CEO of Scrunch, the destination for the creator economy. On this podcast, we interview the brands, agencies, creators, and tools supporting the creator economy to shine a light on the businesses doing epic things for this ecosystem, as well as uncovering how anyone can get in on this $100 billion industry. And trust me, it's just getting started. Amazing, Brianna. Thank you so much for being here on the Scrunch Creator Economy Show. It's fabulous to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm so excited to have a chat um, and yeah, really get into it. Awesome. Well, let's start by sharing your story. So you are the founder of Brand Social, uh, which is so awesome. But I'd love for you to tell everybody how you got here. So was there a career beforehand? How did you start the business? What was the inspiration? Tell us all about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my journey is a little bit, um, it's, it's quite an interesting one to how I got to where brand social media is today um, and our agency. But many years ago, I worked um, in creative and in advertising agencies. Um, so did like big media buying, worked with very big, um, large scale clients and often just had one or two key clients that I worked with. Um, but then at the start of COVID 2020, I, my contract ended with the current, um, publisher I was with (laughs) (laughs) and I felt completely lost. Um, you know, it was very hard to get a job, um, in media at that time. I felt very confused in my direction, but one thing I did know for certain is that social media was an area I wanted to focus more on, Mm -hmm. um, Previously before that, I had worked in a social media role um, and I just had one client. So all of my experience was just with this one automotive client. Um, But I knew I wanted to expand on that. I wanted to grow and I wanted to work with a variety of different businesses Mm. and industries. So I actually started off just freelancing, um, doing freelance social media work uh, for a lot of different startups, mostly Australian businesses. I learned so much in that time. Like my knowledge that I had from working in an agency was just kind of thrown out the window. Um, it's with so everything funny that I- when you've got to like do it for yourself. You're like, oh my God, I was just scratching the surface and now I like have to be the expert in everything. Yeah. And, you know, that client I'd worked with had a massive, you know, nationwide following versus the clients I was working with that was startups, you know, with a hundred followers. So the strategy um, is kind of like reverse engineered a little bit and you've really got to start from the ground up. So I really like, I guess, um, you know, refined my skills and became an expert through that journey. Um, But soon enough, having worked with lots of brands, I started to expand and it was way too much for me to do alone. Um, my partner, Dan, who is an expert in all things customer service and customer facing and business, joined um, in with what I was doing and we became brand. So that's actually my name, Bree, and his yep. name, Dan. So it's brand, social oh, media. perfect. I love that. <laughs> I was going to ask where that came from. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's us two together. And then, yeah, over the years, we've expanded. We've worked with many different clients, um, you know, a lot uh, higher end clients, but we still work with startups. We still work with um, small e-commerce brands. That's our roots. Mm. Um, and we're yeah proud to head up a team now of social media managers and experts. We offer photo shoots, content creation, and we still work with such a variety of industries. 
That's so cool. And I love that you kind of have that hands-on experience because I think social media is one of those areas where, you know, you can read all the blog articles you want, but until yeah. you like get your hands dirty and you're posting and you're seeing what works and what doesn't work, like it's actually really hard to like understand the strategy behind social media. Yeah, a hundred percent. And just having that experience with so many different brands and understanding mm. what works for different target audiences, you can't replace that level of experience, um, you know, yeah. and I think that's very valuable to what I do today. It's all of tried and tested methods um, with so many areas of organic. So that's yeah. so true. I love that so much. So a lot of the people that dial in or tune in when this goes live are kind of starting out on their social media and influencer kind of journeys. Do you have any insight into, um, so you mentioned you worked on startup accounts. Do you have any kind of like foundational best practices that people should be thinking about with their social media? Yep. A hundred percent. I think for startups, it's so easy to want to be in the fast lane and have, you know, a bit of an overnight success or Go viral. After month. <laughs> yeah. which can happen, mm-hmm. but let's prepare for, you know, the most common scenario, which is, it is a bit of a long burn and social media really rewards people who show up consistently and who find a niche with their content. Um, also who align with influencers or other content creators who speak with their audience, you know, mm-hmm. just going for the Kylie Jenners of the world and the massive influencers um, that might really not align with your brand. So I guess just, yeah, showing up consistently, being true to your company and your content and working and aligning with other ambassadors and influencers in the industry who are mm-hmm. on your level. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I think sometimes people do get that shiny object syndrome. They're like, yeah, it has to be a Kardashian or it has to be this person with a million followers. Um, But that can be a huge gamble for people. They can spend like thousands and thousands of dollars and it actually not work. Do you, do you have much experience in the influencer space at all? Yeah, so we run influencer and content creator campaigns for a lot of brands that we work with. We had a very notable one last year with um, a brand that stocked in Woolworths and Coles. You might have seen it. It's called I Care Paper. It's recycled toilet Ooh, paper yep. and um, paper towels. Yep. They didn't really have any social media presence at all. Of course, in the shops, they've got a massive presence. A lot of people recognize them. But on socials, it really kind of fell flat. So we did an influencer campaign. Um, for them, which was very, very successful. It's probably one of our most successful case studies um, that we used. But yeah, I feel like with that scenario, it was really getting micros and macro influences and mm. to develop that strategy. Yeah, that's awesome. I like the idea of using both rather than kind of just sort of putting all of your eggs in one basket. Did you have, so when you think about that campaign, let's kind of use that one as the case study. What was your approach to finding the right influences? Yeah, um, so I guess understanding the target audience of the brand is hugely important. Um, Mm -hmm. And then understanding the influencer's audience so you could have a um let's say your um audience is female like you know young females 18 to 25 and you find an influencer and she's 19 years old and she's got all of the right content the her audience might all be males that are based in the u.s oh my god yes (laughs) i wonder why they're following her (laughs) 
So that might not even be speaking to your target audience. So it's really looking into the analytics, understanding who their audience is, the type of content they're creating. So it seems like an organic partnership. Mm. Um, People are very savvy to advertising and to influencer partnerships these days. Um, So you've got to really make sure that it seems organic and it fits in line with that influencer too. Yeah, I love that you said that because I feel like the idea of kind of organic, authentic content and stories is kind of what's resonating a lot more now. Would you sort of think the same rather than kind of the polished, shiny posts? Yeah, 100%. Um, There's so many businesses out there that, you know, when they think of socials, they're like, oh, let's just promote our services. But Mm. it's often the behind the scenes or the insider knowledge that they can give, the less polished type of content that works the best. Um, we work with a cosmetic surgeon and the best content that she gets isn't promoting her procedures or promoting her years of, you know, experience or before and afters. It's actually when she does the Q and A's on the stories and she rocks up after work in her surgeon's outfit and she answers people's questions um, and talks about the realities of some of these procedures. So I feel like, yeah, less polished content definitely works on socials these days. And I wonder if it's like, um the tiktok thing so it's so funny i was just having a conversation with someone about tiktok and they're like you know you kind of spend so much time designing your content strategy but when it comes to tiktok it's like dial it back half like don't think about it the most successful posts are the ones you just kind of throw up there and have no idea if they'll work yep a hundred percent i feel that with tiktok like people try and you know say well we often get brands say oh we'll bring in a videographer Um, Mm. No, just on your iPhone is the best Mm. way to capture that content. There's obviously tricks um, and transitions that we can do that make it look more um, polished, but professional videography um, or the video you created for YouTube 10 years ago, it's just not going to work on TikTok. Um, Yeah, which is kind of cool though, right? Like it's so, and I think this is very a post-COVID thing, right? Like everyone is, you know, we're all sitting at home in our tracksuit and we're kind of going, oh my God, I don't want to see like the polished content that's out there at the moment. But, um, but I think it's hard for brands because for so long we've been like, what's our brand strategy? What's our values? What does, what do we want to appear and look like? So for them to kind of go raw and real and organic kind of feels like a little bit of a divide. Yeah. I kind of love it though. I think, um, you know, there's so much pressure put on, um, you know, well used to be put on for people to show up and be this amazing, perfect human on socials, but it's often, yeah, the unedited stuff that is, um, that is the most watched and appreciated. I think put that strategy that you put into before the filming and the, you know, hair and makeup and the lighting and everything like that, put that into defining, what your niche is going to be. Um, That's where the strategy comes in, I think, the most. You know, have a purpose. This is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to be the expert on X, Y, Z. You know, even with small businesses on TikTok, I've noticed that too. They might not be speaking about, oh, these are our products. They might be speaking about their small business journey to where they are today. And that's very successful. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It's kind of like, yes, there's still, yes, it can be raw and organic and real, but there does still have to be a purpose underlying I think that that's I actually watched this other great post today where someone was like you know if you're super professional maybe TikTok's not even the place for you like don't feel like you have to kind of do the dancing you know still kind of come back to what your values are so if you're going to be the raw and the real cool but make sure it's still aligning to your values yeah definitely yeah Yeah, you don't want to kind of confuse message too much or yeah come off as someone that you're not that's very I feel like that's 
very people see through things very quickly, especially on socials. Um, so if you're yeah, you're turning up and being someone that you're not, people are gonna gonna see through that pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's yeah, I really love that. It's kind of like um, you know, people kind of get go, they go, I've got to appease the algorithm, I've got to do reels, I've got to do TikTok, I've got to do, I've got to just stay up with social. But it's actually like, well, what's your marketing strategy? What do you actually come back to? What's the brand? What's the vision? And I guess that's where like an agency like you comes into play because you're like, actually, that's the work we need to do first. Yeah, having different content pillars is so important. Like, yeah, everyone's talking about Instagram Reels or TikTok, which is amazing for reach and exposure. But if you don't have any posts on your page and you aren't nurturing that community once they've come and started following you, then it's a bit of a flop. Um, so mm. you've really got to have commitment to the full content strategy, have a plan for, you know, six six to 12 months even yeah. is a really good way to actually measure things and trial things. Um, but yeah, that's where we come in. A lot of business owners are very time poor. Um, and they also, they haven't done it before, you know, as we said with startups, yeah. it's their first time doing it. So instead of failing hard, you know, <laughs> continuously, <laughs> they can work with someone that, you know, has failed and succeeded and now just knows the success strategy. Yeah, I love that. So if you were someone, so actually maybe a good question is like, how do you, if someone came to you, what kind of questions do you ask them to kind of figure that out? So how does someone identify what their strategy should look like? What are some initial questions they should ask themselves about their brand and what they want to achieve? Yeah, I think the best place to start is with their target audience, thinking Mm. about who their customer is. Is it the same person that's following them online for their content? Um, What type of content are they consuming? What are their competitors doing? Um, It's, you know, no use just creating content. You think, oh, I think that'll be a good representation of our business. It may be, but Mm. will your target audience respond to that? So it's really taking a look into, yeah, their behaviors online, what they're doing, Um, And then some of your unique attributes, Um, how can we show up and humanize your brand? Mm. You know, do we have someone internally that wants to be the face of the brand Um, or some stories inside, you know, it's not, doesn't, as we said, doesn't always have to be super polished. Is there someone that can film a little morning routine um, with what you guys do as, you know, at the dog grooming business, um, you know, the childcare center. So yeah, I think it's um, yeah. Looking at it from a bit of a different angle. Yeah, I like that. So it's kind of like, who are we actually trying to reach? So who is that customer? And then how can we humanize the brand to connect with that customer? And what are those insights that aren't just product, 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 service, service, service? It's like, what it, what do we actually stand for as human beings? And how does that relate to the end customer we serve? I think that's a really nice way to look at it. I think people do get really trapped in just oh my God, I need to post another picture today. What do I, what do I do? So that's super cool. Do you think, um, so social media has been around for like forever now, but some people are still just dipping their toes in the water. Do you think that social media is like absolutely has to be in a marketing mix? And do you think that it can actually drive sales? 100%. Um, You're so right. I think there are some massive brands out there Um, some very established businesses that aren't on socials. And Mm. I think they're missing a huge piece of the pie. Um, Mm. People spend hours and hours every day scrolling on social media. It's often the first thing they open on their phone of a morning. Um, you know, and so your audience is on these platforms. If they're not on TikTok, they're on Instagram or they're on LinkedIn and we're missing an opportunity to speak with them. I really haven't found any business that 
that is that doesn't need to be on social media yeah, your audience is always on socials so yeah I think in terms of sales maybe we're not looking at it as a top of the funnel approach with especially with organic social pays mm. a little bit different but it really establishes that brand awareness brand connection um and I guess authority for your business mm, um, if you're point. on socials You've got a photo from 2018 as your latest post on your page. It kind of brings down your brand. Like, you know, Mm. people often go straight to socials to look up your business before they go to your website. So if you've got a really poor, um, poor content, poor page, you're not active, that could actually be very detrimental. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's so funny. Um, and I think it depends on the generation that you're targeting. I I had to laugh. My partner, he was talking about something and I was like, oh, I'll just look it up on Instagram. But he went to like Google Maps and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I can't find them on Instagram. Therefore, they don't exist to me. Yeah. He's like, that's so weird. And I'm like, no, this is like every human ever. Like we want to know what it looks like, what it feels like. That's kind of the measure of do I want to go there and do I want to spend my money there? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I know so many. I've seen it happen in real time. People whip out their phones to look up a restaurant or a venue mm. on Instagram, and they go so far as going to their tagged photos as well. They don't want to see the you know curated version yes. of the brand. They want to see the well, what does it really look like? You know, yes. what are people wearing when they go to that venue? So people are digging deep. That is so cool. I didn't even think about that. Like. From a user-generated content and influencer point of view, that those tagged photos, people should really like think about what goes into tagged photos. That's, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. So what do you think then is coming next? So we've kind of touched on a social is very bloody important um, and influencers, obviously. What do you think the world is in for from a marketing and brand point of view with social and influencers? Interesting one. Um, I think, as we know, video is the next step for socials Mm. and also not so polished or marketed products. I think the way influencer marketing worked um, a number of years ago is really just out the the window at the moment. Like people are not looking at people are not even engaging with that type of content. That's, you know, oh, look at this, you know, teeth whitening product use my discount code. I use this for five years and it's very obvious that they haven't had that partnership. So I think very organic um, relationships, very integrated sort of partnerships, not just getting an influencer due to a single post or a single story. It's having that long-term sort of partnership with them and focusing on video. It is a little bit sad, but you know, Instagram just is not favoring that feed content Um, You probably saw the stuff with Kylie Jenner recently, you know, make Instagram, Instagram again, but (laughs) I know all I'm I'm seeing right now is how everyone's up in arms about Instagram and how Instagram are responding and changing things back. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) It is interesting because that, you know, that platform is quite different to TikTok. So maybe we should keep it as just a photo platform, but well, from what I can see, reels versus feed posts, you know, we're, mm. we're really, if you want to be seen, you've got to be, I'm showing up in a video format. 
Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, I love how you sort of said it doesn't have to be polished. You don't have to hire a videographer and spend a lot of money. You know, it's just about coming back to who is the audience that you're serving? What does your brand stand for? And how can you tell more interesting stories? And then if you go, well, then the format is through video because that's going to get you the most reach. I think that's like an amazing combination. Yeah, 100%. I think um, anything value-driven is going to hook people. People either follow um, others on social media for value, entertainment, um, or they're getting something out of following them. They're not, you know, following someone just to get served ads or, um, you know, really salesy type messages. So think about the value you can bring and just push that as the strongest content pillar. That is so true. I love that you said that because I think people do get trapped in kind of trying to just sell their products and services. Um, And I think with social, you're right. Like if you can lead with value and even just anything free that you offer, like maybe you have a free course or a free download or a free checklist or whatever, like kind of starting there and getting people kind of into your funnel, I think kind of works best with social. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really creative idea. Yeah, to offer like a free ebook. Um, say if you're like in the fitness industry, mm. um, and you really want to get people um hooked on, you know, a twelve month, I don't know, like food delivery plan or a twelve month training course. Um, you have to give them a bit of a taste. People yes. aren't just, you know, there's so many options being presented to people. They're scrolling through. They're constantly bomb- being bombarded by content. You need to give them some sort of hook, um, some sort of little nugget <laughs> to have before you can scale up. It also builds a lot of trust with your brand. If they've consumed the free content and they're like, I love this, I need more, you know, they're answering the question for themselves. Oh my God, that's so true. And if you can get a customer or consumer to convince themselves, then that is the best. That is literally the best strategy. Okay. So to wrap, what would be your secret tip? So when we think social or influencers or whatever, what would be your secret marketing tip to a brand that they might not have heard of yet? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, (laughs) Might not have heard of yet. I think, um, one thing I'm actually going to kind of, yeah, I'm going to go in with a bit of a different angle. So one thing yeah, I know for a lot of stuff businesses um, yeah. that I often find that they're kind of shocked by or that they don't really see coming is yeah. that everything, every influencer pa- is a pay to play space. Um, yes. People aren't really doing things in exchange for products. It is a full-time job for some of these, um, inf- or most of these influencers who have a community. Um, yes. And so it is like paying a worker or a contractor to complete marketing for you. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions I see from people coming into the industry is that they can't believe, you know, influencers going to charge $2,000 for this post or won't just do it in exchange for their t-shirt. So I don't know if that's an insider tip, but maybe it's a bit of a harsh reality. <laughs> I, I love it though, because you're so right. Like it is, um, it's a funny thing. Like, you know, influencer marketing is the only industry where I've seen people have this attitude, like nowhere <laughs> else would you ask somebody to work for free? Like nowhere, like literally you wouldn't walk into a, like a restaurant and ask for free food. So why are you yeah. asking for someone to create you free content and cre- give you free advertising? You wouldn't ask Google for that. Like it's so bizarre, but it happens so often in influencer marketing. <laughs> so I absolutely love that you said that because I could not agree with you more. And I think that going into an influencer campaign, if you have that insight, you know, you do, you kind of set yourself up for less disappointment if you kind of know what you're in for. 
Yeah, definitely. And like as a new brand, you know, a lot of people put all of their money into the product um, and they don't really leave anything left for social because they just think, oh, we'll just send out a couple of our, and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work like that. And that's, yeah, it's maybe something to prepare for um, when you launch your product or um, service. That is incredible. I love that so much. Like you need to think about marketing as a part of the holistic business strategy. You're so right. I see people go, you know, there's all of this product development. I've got to order a minimum number. I've got all my beautiful shipping. I've got the team. And then it's like, ah, oh, marketing will just happen. But yeah, I lo- so I kind of love these. I'd make sure you carve out some budget for that, for whether it be social influences or any other marketing strategy, it's probably going to cost something. Yeah. Yeah. And be prepared. Yeah. To, to do it for, you know, six to 12 months before you start mm. to see results. And um, yeah, as we know, consistency is key with this sort of thing. You are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, Brianna, for sharing your insights. There've been some massive nuggets there, whether you're, I think whether you're a startup or an established business, there's so many insights that people can apply to their social and influencer strategy. So I can't thank you enough for spending your time with us this evening. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed um, chatting about all of this. Um, There's just, it's a whole world of its own. And yeah, I've loved giving my um, insights and yeah, hopefully can help a business out there. The Scrunch Creator Economy Show is brought to you by none other than Scrunch. Join our global membership community and get access to the tools, education and community you need to thrive in the creator economy. I can't wait to see you in the next episode of the Scrunch Creator Economy Show.